On PPK Today, we're going to talk about what's wrong with youth ministry. But before that, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of PPK. I'm your co-host, the man on fire, John Sablon. The middle child, Keone. Hey, boy, Meeks. All the way from Stoobs. This is episode number four of um, PPK, and we just really, as the, the title of the show is, What's Wrong with Youth Ministry? And um, I think uh, our goal in this is to really have a, an honest, uh, reflective discussion on our experience with uh, youth ministry uh, at least in our area, can't say with all areas, but I think data and statistics will show that um, it's somewhat consistent across the board. But I want to start off with this one, and then I'll hand it over to Meeks. Really, uh, we just actually uh, got back from doing a, a confirmation retreat, and whenever we do these things, we know we, we hit them with the data, right? Statistics are going to show. We've talked about this in previous episodes that, you know, for every one person confirmed, 6.5 leave the faith. We know that 50% of people leave the Catholic church and 79% of those people leave. So between the ages of 18 and 23, and quite honestly, most young kids are actually leaving the faith before they even leave the home. And we, we've seen, uh, the numbers have come out from Pew Research. The numbers has come out from Barna. Um, you can see even stuff in Gallup polls. You can just see that right now we're in a time in America where we're in a post-Christian era. Most people don't identify as being Christian on a, on a country that was founded on Judeo-Christian values. And the number one faith that's taken the biggest hit is Catholicism. And then right, right next to us is obviously Christianity, right? The Protestant faith. So we're experiencing numbers, um, great numbers of where people are just walking away from mm -hmm. the church and, and, and therefore walking away from God. So let's talk about the inspiration as always behind this makes, what do you got to say about this one? I think first, I mean, my first inspiration was my own experience and how, like, I think I mentioned in the very first episode on true faith real talk that we did that I actually went to very few youth group um, settings cause it just felt uh, very forced, very shallow. Um, it seemed like a lot of people, didn't really have an understanding of why they're into their faith, but it kind of felt good and they kind of knew that this is what they're supposed to be doing. And, um, I think it just has driven, I mean, I go to, I go to Catholic Disneyland itself at Franciscan university and I talked to many of my friends who felt the same way It's like youth, youth groups didn't really do much for me. If anything, maybe like drove me further than it did, uh, drive me closer to God because <clears throat> at the end of the day, I think we're on, we have built uh, youth ministry on a false, ideal and that's the idea that no matter uh what we do we just got to get the message that god loves you or god loves um this crowd or this crowd or whatever crowd it may be and we keep saying that we'll keep forcing it down and we will do that we'll do the music and we'll make sure we have fun games and we'll make sure you know you don't have to listen for too long and we're going to cater to you as much as possible cater to your feelings without giving you one understanding of who is god what do you mean god who, who's god what does that mean? When we talk about what does belief in God mean, when do you get that in youth group? You don't. You get musical chairs, and then you get some talk from whoever that's just about kind of giving you some conviction that, you know, it's right. It's, whatever's happening in your life, it's right. God's there for you. And then it's just the idea of, like, you don't even know who God is at that point because you keep using this empty term 
that contains no actual substance. <clears throat> and so I think that's what all youth group has become. And um, I think it's reflected, um, no disrespect to my Protestant homies, but it's reflected into the Protestant faith as well, where a lot of things has become a concert-like because, I mean, we got we to gotta think about it for 1,500 years. We're all doing the same thing. But it seems like when we go to youth group, we have no knowledge of that history of what Christianity was for 1,500 years when we were all one church. We don't get that. We just keep getting the God loves you message, which doesn't really work for everybody, although it has its, its place. And obviously God does love us. Mm-hmm. When are we going to become more interested in educating the youth and convicting the youth than giving them the, the I mean, testimonies of how I wasn't really into it in middle school, but then I fell off my bike and it hurt really bad and I prayed to God and he healed me. So now I'm more into my faith. Like mm-hmm. that stuff, like it just grows old because how many testimonies are going to hear to it's you, you want to move on to the next one. Well, I need some, I need a better testimony for me to listen to this one. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you appeal to the feelings as much as we do in youth ministry, what happens when the feelings aren't there? Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? I'm not feeling it. I don't, I don't really like, I don't know. I just, I kind of heard the Hillsong last three weeks. I don't know if I want to hear Hillsong again. Like all this stuff that feels so emotional when we keep playing with these emotions and those run out and they don't have any understanding of who God is or what their faith's actually about, then they're going to keep walking away because that's what people do, uh, especially Catholics. I was just looking at stats um, a couple of days ago trying to prepare for this and Catholics, people who are raised Catholic, their attendance, I mean, it'll be like 65 and it goes down to like 15 and then it'll go down for those people. They'll actually go, end up going to Protestant faith where they have 23, 24%. Because you've lost that and you go to the appeal of the emotions. We want to see what feels good. Like I was saying, we're taking away the cross. And that's what youth ministry seems to do a lot of the times is as long as we look hip, as long as we appeal to the, to the youth, that's how we do it. And we're losing people that way because people don't want to see everything that they're trying to get, everything that they can get in the other world. If I feel like I can go to a concert and get the same exact thing that you are, just no, maybe no cuss words, then it doesn't feel like I'm actually changing my part of my life. And so I think that's what we've done is made it um, more of a, a fast food kind of faith instead of um, the buffet that it is. Mm-hmm. What about you, County? So just kind of piggybacking off of that, you know, we talk about them shoving down the kids' throats. God loves you. God loves you. It's okay. Whatever we're doing, he loves you, man. Just embrace him. And we don't really have the conversation of do you love God in return? Because knowing that God loves you is one thing. But you loving him back is a completely different thing. And I think we're just saying, kind of shoving it. He loves you. He loves you. But just don't change because he loves you. And I think that's an, just that's just empty. What does that do for them? It causes no change. It causes no conviction. And it was the St. Thomas Aquinas who says, you cannot love that which you do not know. Mm-hmm. And so here we're saying we're trying to foster this relationship, but giving no education, giving no catechesis on who God is and what is our faith. And so when they get tested, when they're in high school and they're boys or they're friends or you go to college and no one cares if you practice or not, and you're just, what, what did I learn in, in youth group? Oh, God loves me. That's not going to cut it. Because like Meeks was saying, I can get the high that I got at the youth ministry, at the youth group concert. I can get that at a real concert. Mm-hmm. I can get that at a bar. And no one cares if I'm changing my life or not over there. It's fun. So I think when youth ministry tries to adopt the way of the world and just sprinkle some Christianity on top, it will not work. 
because you can get a higher dose of that spiritual or that emotional high elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And we're going to lose that battle. It has to be something deeper to tie mm-hmm. them in because with any relationship, the more, you know, the more you fall in love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the part of the challenge that we've, we've experienced. And again, I, I, I would agree that this is the case for most uh, youth ministry programs is we're trying to quote unquote uh, attract the, the the youthful minds into mm-hmm. making Jesus relevant somehow by making ourselves more relevant to the world or look like the culture. And I think we've said this numerous times that when two things uh, are look the same, one is unnecessary. And I think if you're making the church youth ministry experience look like the world, then what's the point of youth ministry if the world is already the world? I don't got to come in here and feel bad about the decisions I make. Guess what? The culture is trying to suck away my, my purity, my innocence anyway. And that's, you know, you're standing in the way of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're just more about pizza parties and, and, and like you said, Miko, musical chairs. And there is no substance. Mm-hmm. And again, I understand. I can say I do understand to some degree the idea behind trying to, to engage people, but not at the sake of throwing out tradition, not at the sake of throwing out God, not at the sake of throwing out formation, because we have seen over the course of 60, 70 years, uh, a a terrible crisis of catechesis and formation. And we just talked about in our last episode, the, the, you know, essentially the, the meaning of suffering, the whole point of self mortification. And if you do look at one of the things means, I know we've talked about this before, but we look at what are the, what are the areas of growth in the church? So as a whole in the United States of America, and I'm, and i you know, won't speak to anything else outside of it, but um, I, we've seen a, a decline in the church overall, but we've seen a, a rise in what? The traditional church. We've seen a rise in, in, in um, you know, orders like FSSP, right? The Fraternity of St. Peter, where they're doing entire mass in Latin and they're, and they're experiencing the sacred as it should be, right? They're doing ad orientum. It's completely a, a, a Latin mass. Um, and, you know, there's going to be people out there that lose their minds because it's like, oh, this tradition and, you know, traditionalist, oh, you know, this reverent thing, they're just going to be coming at us. But whatever. The whole point is that why is it, one, that we keep doing the same thing, keep watering down the faith, watering down the gospel, you know, singing along with our, with our, our, our guitars and um, trying to appeal to people's senses, and yet we're still losing people. We still look like the world. We're still trying to be hip and cool and, and, and speak and talk like everybody else. Still losing people. But then you have another group, another effort, where now you have youth that are showing up to Latin Mass. Now you have youth that are wearing, um, you know, th- that desire to wear veils, desire to actually dress up to Mass. Imagine that. To actually dress up like you're going to a wedding. Oh, because you are the wedding banquet, right? Of the mm-hmm. wedding feast of the Lamb. And I think that's part of that, that passion and that fire is because we actually desire to do something to change that. Because we see numerous people, especially young people, walking away from the faith. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can preach to them even at a class or a confirmation retreat, and you can say, they're not even here. They're, they're not even here. They're forced to be here, right? And then now you're going to force them to go to youth group because somehow that's going to be able to, to ignite the faith in them. And, so, and it does. I don't want to take away from the, the times that they do. Um, and this is not necessarily a bash at youth ministry because I honestly have always been of the opinion that if families, the domestic church, did what they needed to do, if they taught their children the faith, youth, youth ministry is no longer required. Youth ministry is only at that point a supplement to what is already going on at home. Mm-hmm. Then, guess what? Then, if, if my kids are getting what they need to get 
at home as far as the as Mika was talking about knowing who God is and understanding the why behind the faith then guess what you can throw all the pizza parties and 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 concerts you want because my kids aren't going there to be fed I think the problem that Miko specifically is probably calling out is that if that's the only experience of formation and and catechesis watch out because we know it's not working make some off on that no I mean it's just I think Another another issue, the the purpose I feel of youth youth ministry tends to be is what can I get out of it? Me, the audience. Mm-hmm. What the what the heck does our faith have to do with me getting out of anything? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what happens, right? That's why we change. That's why we change the mass for, for the people who are Catholic. We change it to this idea of I'm not getting anything out of it, so then I have to sing it and make sure that um, the priest is responding to you because you're so important in the mass. As if we're not. <laughs> if we're not sacrificing the lamb of God, but no, it's really important that we get Todd and Rachel to participate in mass. And it's just that, this idea that we think that when we go to youth ministry, when we go to worship, that we're supposed to get something out of it. It's called worship. What the heck do you have to do with anything? You're worshiping. Supposed to, you're supposed to be giving. That's that's the whole part, part of it. God didn't come here to get anything. He came to give to us. And so the things that we should be receiving are mercy, our I mean, actual love, the sacrificial love. We should be receiving graces, the Holy Spirit. It has nothing to do with receiving entertainment. It has nothing to do with receiving good feelings. This faith at 99% of the time is not good feelings. And so, and I think it's super evident because of when there, when the time during the 50s and 60s when there was less than eight TV shows, one of them was an archbishop. It was Archbishop Fulton Sheen. And he had more listeners than any of the shows that any of us watch now. He had more listeners than all of those. He had more listeners than Ellen, than Dr. Oz, whoever the heck you think is a moral leader. He had way more at that time, and he was as traditional as it possibly gets. He wasn't out there doing the Joel Osteen, none of that. He had more than everyone, and that's because people want something that they're not getting in other in other aspects of their life. If they feel like they can get the same conversation with anyone else, or if one they see like, well, what's different about this dude? What is he making? You know, what what, what makes it different? Why, why is he telling me what I need to do? And, he, and then they're not even appealing. Because, you know what I mean? You have to give someone a sense of conviction, especially these people who are coming into youth ministry who, of course, don't have that guidance at home. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not having that guidance at home and you're already in your mindset, right, like, then this thing is stupid. Ah, I got to just get this over with. And all we're saying is pizza, musical chairs, and God is great. What does that mean for them? Mm-hmm. Like, And you're not giving these people the reality of, because I'm sure most of those people who go to youth ministry, are, they understand that or they believe in God and then once again I explain what's that belief mean then mm-hmm. we're not here to we're not here to give you guys something you should be here to try to receive God's mercy you should be here to try to give up your worldly possessions but I mean pleasures whatever it is in order to reflect something greater mm-hmm. and so that's the thing I think is has been killing our youth ministry is the idea that we're at a disadvantage and we got to make sure we give people to we got to give something to the to the youth instead of Getting the youth to understand that it's nothing about receiving; it's everything to do about your sacrifice within the the blood of the lamb. Mm-hmm. So that's that's probably why I, that's that's a lot of my last <laughs> rant. I'll give maybe, maybe. Yeah, it just kind of the idea that youth ministry has tried to become more and more like the world, you know, and saying we're losing the kids. So what what will tie them? Well, it's the Instagram stories, it's the praise and worship songs with the with the drum set and the smoke. And us jumping up and down and recording ourselves and beach balls flying and that'll get them. But that's, uh, 
that's the world. Mm-hmm. And it's when they, we start to look more and more like the world that they'll choose the real world over this fake world with a little sprinkled Christianity over it because I can go actually be in the world and have, I don't have to hear from you guys. I can do it myself. I don't need the God who tells me I need to do this, this, and this. And there's nothing that convicts them. So they get to the point where, why even show up to begin with? Because the moment they're tested, you said, what is it, 79, 70%? 79%. 79% between 18 and 23. That's when you become, what, an adult. Mm -hmm. And it's at that point to where no one cares that God loves you, dude. No one cares. And it's what is actually going to convict you. And when you grew up in a youth ministry that just looked like the world, and you're thrown into the real world, that's a little more enticing because this, the little appeal to your senses that you're getting a little bit in youth ministry, oh, the world has it to the full, mm-hmm. and you'll get sucked up dry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think what we are missing, like Meeks was saying, Archbishop Fulton Sheen, who I've recently just love, he had in the 50s and 60s so many viewers, and he was straight to the tradition, and he was orthodox. And what we saw in him is conviction and says, I want that. Mm-hmm. He bought it. His faith, he, he's all in. Not God loves you guys and don't change. No, 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 no. Pick up your cross and follow him and I'm with you. And that's something that I think we all miss. And we all know it, right? We know the, the stories of athletes. We know the story, the underdog stories where they're convicted, they changed their life, right? And we want to follow that. It wasn't like, you know, I knew the game was really fun. Basketball was really fun. No, no, no. Basketball was a grind. I gave everything to it. And look where I'm at now. And people want that. We don't want the bench warmer. We want the dude who gave everything. Michael Jordan, the dude who gave everything (coughs) and went through adversity. And now he's the greatest. And I want to follow that because he was convicted. And we are missing that in the faith. And we want to become so much like the world. And there's no conviction. And we are exposed to all these senses and, you know, our physical nature and when the world gives us something that's way more intense and acute than what you're getting at youth ministry, you just decide to walk away. Mm-hmm. And I think even going back to both both points of what you guys have been saying is when we appeal to the senses where a lot of the, the that's what we're trying to do is what happens when they experience desolation then? So if you think about all the great saints, I think St. Mother Teresa comes to mind right away. You have mm-hmm. the, the, whatever, 40 years, the dark night of the soul where she didn't feel God's presence. <laughs> and this is a woman who uh, everybody in the world knew and respected, at least for the most part, um, for what she was trying to do for the people that the world has thrown away. Mm-hmm. 40 years, like I deserve to have 80 years of dark night of the soul. I'm not a St. Mother Teresa. I aspire to be. But I think that's the part, I think that's where the, the, the fire, maybe the in- intensity comes from, especially from Meeks, is that, like, look, guys, what we're doing isn't working. And what we're serving them is a false ideal and a false sense of God. I mean, I'm not saying this is done intentionally, so please, the people out there, don't take that the wrong way. Um, take it however you need to take it, but I'm just saying don't, don't take offense to this because the other part of it is, is like, um, it's like you always have to be on. You always got to be performing like these these youth ministers and the core team they always got to be on and it's like that's that's that sucks the life out of you i think i was watching a you know obviously our dear priest uh father joseph ilo when he was trying to explain the mass at orientum 
And um, he was talking about mm-hmm. where since the priest, since Vatican II and them having a turnaround, it's like now the priest is tempted towards his own ego and I have to perform for you now. And I think this is what we all experience when we step in front of a youth group or whatever. It's like, oh, I got to entertain you. I got to compete with Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter. I got to I got to compete with all these different things like, no, actually, I'm supposed to be an instrument of God's grace and mercy. That's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to lead you towards Christ. And I think that's a, so I even feel my heart even goes out for some of these youth ministers because they're they're battling that struggle. What do I got to do? You're grasping at straws to try to figure out how do I retain these youth? And the real answer is really not youth ministry. It actually happens to do with the domestic church. That's the real answer is actually at home. Are they being shown God, taught God, and a faith that's lived out? That's where my heart is. And you're never going to change my opinion on that because youth ministry, any faith formation at the parish level is, is unnecessary when the domestic church does their job. That means mothers and fathers, fathers in particular, take their role seriously as the primary educators of the faith and all virtues, because that's the where they learn it from, to hand it down to their kids. And then the peer groups are less, you know, there's less pressure on, you know, the priest can then just confer the sacraments. All we need is used is to help get us baptized, confirmed, give us confession, obviously confer the sacrament of, of Holy Communion, less about, even though they're supposed to form us in our faith, they need to do that too. But just like we were even talking to the people today, it's like, well, you don't go to mass to be catechized. Mm-hmm. The mass is the highest form of prayer for us. You're there to worship, as Mika was talking about. You're there to, to lay down your life and say, thank you for laying down your life for mine, that I have hope in this life, that I'm reconciled with the mm-hmm. Father. And I think that's the thing is, you know, it's not a, a blatant shot at youth ministry or, or any formation. We've just been suffering from such a, a terrible time of mm-hmm trying to bend towards the world and we're we have souls that are being lost because because of it because in their superficial experience and their sensory only experience right there is no faith there to begin with right so what do we think tantum ergo right mm-hmm. what is saint thomas aquinas our faith steps in when our when our senses fail mm-hmm. if your faith is only built on my senses wow what's going to step in for you Meeks. I think I said the last last thing I probably want to say is just, I guess, how to go from what I would do if I was a youth minister or what they should maybe, the changes I want to see, right? Instead of just going off again for a third time. <laughs> um, I think what I think what you should do is stop. The goal shouldn't be to attract people. The goal should be to reveal the church to these people. Like what these, your, your goal should be like to give these people their why to the faith that they've been kind of carrying somewhat or forced to carry this whole time. And your only goal really should be to catechize these people, to, to educate these people. That's what your goal should be. If they don't want to, if they, if they don't, they're not entertained. If they're not having fun with it, then so be it. Let them go get lost in the world. Our goal is not to entertain. Our goal is not to attract anybody. And I don't think that was Archbishop Fulgene's goal. I think his goal was to educate. I think his goal was to convict people. I think we should follow that same, formula and but no matter what we do whether it be through stuff like youtube whether it be through actual youth ministry whether it be with music like we're not here to entertain people jesus didn't come to entertain anybody mm-hmm. he came to show the father he came to reveal the father so that's what our goal should be mm-hmm. within within our own lives within youth ministries to reveal the father mm-hmm. and i don't think we do it with guitars i mean it could be a it could be an instrument for it but it doesn't mean anything if you don't understand why you're doing it mm-hmm. like what does worship mean if you don't know who you're worshiping 
what is the church? What does mass mean? You don't know what the mass means. Like it doesn't, none of this, none of this means anything when we're just given this, I don't know, feel good thing. So mm-hmm. I think my last, I mean, my last words really is that, is that is for youth ministry, for all of us who are trying to, to trying to make a change is, is not to, is to, I guess, veer our goals away from entertainment, veer our goals away from attraction, mm-hmm. veer our goals away from, from the feelings and really just focus on how do we share the beauty of our church? Mm-hmm. How can we reveal the truth behind all of it? So going back to the why, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah. it's really going back to the why. And I think you, um, before Keone speaks, I know, and you brought it up, which is great. It, it goes back to teaching the faith. Right, that we don't, we, if we don't, we don't can't know the why if we're not taught the faith. And that's why St. Thomas Aquinas said that the primary virtue is knowledge because knowledge leads to love. Mm-hmm. You just, and so I think that's, that's key is that um, what we're trying to start with is, is we're kind of flipping that around and really you can't love what you don't know. So, Keone, what do you got to say? Just look around. Like you said, it's a post Christian era, era for the first time. So something has to change. Mm-hmm. Like, is it, you can't deny that something has to change. It's not working. Whatever we're doing right now is not working. But like you said, the traditional view is rising and the Christian church, the Christian faith is the most persecuted in the world. And there are people, especially in the middle East who are dying every day for the faith because they know God and they love God Amen. and they're willing to die. Not because of some concert, not because of musical chairs and pizza night, because they know that God came and died and suffered for them and they get to participate in that cross and they're ready to die for it. Mm -hmm. And I think we're missing that, especially in the United States because we've catered to the culture. Mm -hmm. And when the culture smacks us in the face, we cave in. Mm -hmm. So matter of fact, when you bring up our our fellow brothers and sisters in the middle East and in other areas like China that are being persecuted where the church is underground, where they've actually got to, they got to build an entire network where the priest is undercover and he's showing up to a house to do a mass. And you've got people posted up at every different, you know, block and corner to be able to call in case they get blown their covers. They're doing that just to go to mass. They've got a whole network right? Because they love God that much that they're willing to risk their lives and they're willing to come together as a community. Mm-hmm. And so each of these areas, if we come together as a community, but are we doing it in the right way? Are you only there for the pizza or are you there for praise of God, right? Are you only there for your feelings or are you there to actually understand and know and, and, and to love and serve God better? So I guess our, our you know, my only advice um, to those out there who work in youth ministry, which I, I'm, I'm sure that this video may catch a little bit of fire out there, um, and I hope you don't take it that way, is that, um, you know, it, the, again, the primary educators are, uh, of the faith are the parents and at the home. And so we can better align our resources if we just better help families learn the faith and that everything that you do in youth ministry, ministry should only be supplementary and that if you do... Um, I'm not taking away from the games and the 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 fellowship aspect of it because I think a lot there's a lot of youth groups that are doing a good job of of that piece but it can't be the whole point. Mm-hmm. So that being said, you know, we want to just, you know, thank you all for joining us on this episode. A little bit of an intense one, a little bit of one where we're obviously passionate about because we're passionate about saving souls. And um I just ask that you prayerfully consider um, the changes that you need to make if you are in that area. And uh, as always, please like, subscribe, comment, send us what you're thinking about as far as topics and help us help you. And for Miko, Kiono, and myself, we just uh, wish you all a blessed rest of this week and uh, get holy or die trying.